You're listening to audio from Kingsway Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit kingswaychurch.org. What would I do to matter, you know? I feel like we all probably feel that way, that, that we, want, we want to do something with purpose. We want what we do to matter. It's, it's one of the reasons why I feel like I'm so, uh, so easily inspired by a good motivational speech. You know, a motivational speech, it's got a way of kind of digging into, uh, into that purpose, you know, uh, that desire for what we want to do to matter. Like when, when Mel Gibson's William Wallace... He makes me want to not waste my life, you know, sitting at home and playing it safe, but, but I, wanna, I wanna use it to, to, to fight on the battlefield for the freedom of Scotland. And, 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 and Kurt Russell, you know, his Herb Brooks, he makes me believe that I can beat the odds and the Soviets and bring home gold for USA hockey. You know, we, we had this guy in 2003, he showed up to our high school. He made the whole student body stand up and applaud how we were going to take a stance against drugs, even though a lot of kids I went to school with did drugs. <laughs> I long for purpose. You long for purpose. We want, to, we want what we do to mean something. I want what I do to matter. And today, for those of you who are here with us in person or those of you who are joining online, we're gonna be talking about our purpose. We're gonna talk about doing something that matters. But I'm gonna tell you up front, not all of us are ready for this. And I don't say that to have anybody check out and I'm not saying that in a negative kind of way. I don't, I don't want anybody thinking that I'm saying you're like less than someone else. I'm not even trying to say it in a reverse psychology kind of way, like to get you to say, what do you mean not ready for this? I'm ready for this. I don't even know what you're talking about yet. No, I'm, I'm saying it because if you have been with us for this Rooted series, you know that we are on a journey together. We've been taking these last four weeks leading up to this week and we have been on this journey of kind of spiritual discovery because that's just what our, our, our spiritual walk is. It's a walk, it's a journey, it's a path that we're on. And God desires for all of us to grow. He desires for all of us to take steps forward in that path. And so what we've been trying to do is help all of us figure out where it is that we are, where are we at on that path, and, and what step do we need to take so that we can take a step forward to grow. So when I say that some of us today maybe aren't ready for this, all I'm saying is that you're not quite at this place on the path yet, and that's okay. But what I want you to hear is that ultimately, this is where we are going. Ultimately, this is your purpose. So Matt, he laid this out in a very, in a very visual way, a very straightforward way last week. So I would strongly encourage you, if you missed last week's message, go back, watch it online because he, he laid this out in, in a way, and, and honestly, even if you watched it, like even if you were here or if you've already watched it, watch it again. Make sure that you understand it because he, he showed us a picture of what he was talking about. And I'll, I'll try and recap it as, as, as best I can in a really short amount of time. Everybody starts off on their journey with Jesus Jesus in a place of seeking. Everybody starts off and Jesus' call to us is to, to come and see. Come and see what I'm about. Come and hear what it is that I am teaching. Come, come and see how this may make your life completely different. And then if we're willing, if, we're, if, if, we, if we keep going, uh, eventually we get to the spot where we take a step, a step forward and, and, and we're willing to say, I wanna follow you, Jesus. His call is to follow him 
And we don't just say, okay, I'm learning what you've taught, but now I wanna start to live for it. I wanna, I wanna live the way that you have kind of outlined the way that, that I should live. I wanna follow your teachings. And then eventually we get to a spot where it's not just, you know, come and see, it's not just follow him, but we get to a spot where we say, okay, I don't wanna just be about my spiritual growth anymore. I don't wanna just be about my relationship with Jesus and making sure I have this great personal relationship. You know, I, I, want, I start to think about others. Like, I, I don't wanna just have a great personal relationship with Jesus. I wanna be a part of a great church. I wanna be a part of making, making that happen and, and help other people around me grow in their faith too. And then... If you keep going, you get to the edge of the place where we find ourselves today. And Matt gave a little bit of teaser for that. Ultimately, you get to this spot where all of us hopefully come as followers of Jesus. Now, any of these steps of growth, any of them come with their challenges because, because with growth, there's always some hardship. There are always gonna be some difficulties. There are gonna be some barriers moving from one step to another. And that's why some people, unfortunately, will stall out. Sometimes for, for short seasons, they'll kind of stay in the same place. Sometimes for decades, people will just kind of stay in the same place of their spiritual walk because, because growth is difficult. We've been using this, this ongoing image of, of a plant, this, this idea of rooted, because, because a plant's growth, it, it involves um, something that doesn't just happen overnight. You know, a seed doesn't just go from a seed to a mature tree. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes struggle and it takes support. So, it's, so don't beat yourself up. I don't want anybody beating themselves up if you aren't where it is that we're gonna talk about today. I mean, today we're talking about the senior year stuff. Like we're talking about the final material in the course. And if you're, if you're a freshman, like this may sound a little bit intimidating. This may sound like something you go, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be ready for that. It's, it's why we don't throw freshmen into calculus because it's something that they aren't ready for. Like I was a senior and I wasn't ready for calculus. That's why I went to ministry and not math. You aren't expected to just jump from wherever you are to this spot today. But what's not okay What's not okay is not knowing that here is the ultimate goal. Here is where you're gonna find your true purpose as a follower of Jesus. And here is the thing that is sorely missing in our churches today. See, so many people will get up to the edge of this point. They will come to the precipice of this spot in the path and many will turn back to easier spots in the path because of what this requires from us. And we even sometimes as church leaders haven't helped that whenever we've said, hey, you know what, it's okay. We'll just, we'll do all the stuff that has to be done over here. You know, that's, that's, why, that's why we work at a church. So we'll just take care of that as opposed to more people stepping forward to a responsibility that Jesus has for all of his followers. The person at the edge of this place has to do the hardest thing that anybody might ever have to do. They have to die. Now, I don't mean like truly physically die. I'm not gonna have the ushers come forward with any Kool-Aid, so everybody just take a deep breath. <laughs> but I want you to listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 12, verses 24 and 25. Very truly, I tell you, 
unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Sometimes we use the same image for different things. I wanna make sure we don't get confused. When Jesus talks about seed in some of the other passages in scripture, sometimes he's talking about the gospel. Sometimes he's talking about that message that is about him. And he's talking about spreading that message that he died on a cross to save us from our brokenness, to save us from all of our mistakes and all of our wrongdoing, that, that he died so that we could experience eternal life in him. In this passage, the seed that Jesus is talking about is us. He's talking about you and me, the recipients and ultimately the carriers of that message. We are seeds. We're seeds. Do you know what a seed is? A seed is potential. It's potential. Now, not these seeds in particular. These are a bad example. The only potential these seeds have is to be delicious at baseball games. But a real seed that hasn't been baked and salted is potential. But the only way a seed ever realizes that potential is if it grow, goes into the ground and it ceases to be what it once was and God radically changes it to become something completely different and you can't miss the purpose of this, to produce more seeds. Jesus gives this sober warning here. He gives this warning that he gives in other places in the Bible as well, that whoever longs for their life in this world, whoever doesn't wanna die to the things of this world, but wants to keep chasing after the things that everybody else in our world chases after, whether that be achievement, whether that be possessions, whether it's relationships, you're gonna lose those things because you can't take any of them with you. But whoever is willing to die to themselves Whoever's willing to die to the things of this world, to the life they could have in this world for the sake of following Jesus is going to gain something eternal. Jesus gave us a command. In, in, around the church, we call this the great command or the great commandment. In, in Matthew chapter 28, he said to go and make disciples and church, it's really important that we, that we understand that this is a command, not a calling. See, whenever I am driving in the car with my six-year-old son and I see a police car out in front of us and I see its lights on, I will, I will look back to my son and I will call his attention to the police car. I'll say, I'll say look, you, you see the flashing lights? Because my son loves police cars. He loves to see them. And, and I'm calling him to give it his attention. But he can choose not to give it his attention if he wants to. You know, it's just he's gonna miss out on something that he enjoys. If I'm driving and I see police car lights flashing behind me, 
That is a command to pull over. Enjoyment is irrelevant. Jesus has not called us to make disciples. He has commanded us. It is not a call to be answered by a few or to be answered by the most mature or the most spiritual. It is a command to be obeyed by all who would be his followers. I grew up, I grew up in church, probably like a lot of you. I grew up in church and I had some great pastors. I'm sure they talked about this stuff. I don't remember the way the gospel was presented to me, but I feel like it was something a little bit more like this. The gospel message as it was presented to me was, do you believe in God? Yes, I do. Do you want to go to hell? No, I do not. (laughs) Then you have to place your trust in Jesus. So do you place your trust in Jesus? Well, it sounds like it. (gasps) Well, great, you're saved. Mission accomplished. And church, that's not, it's not wrong. It's just not everything. Yes, Jesus desires a relationship with us. He wants us to place our faith in him. He wants us to be saved from the brokenness of our life, the brokenness of this world, and to experience eternal life with him. And then he wants you to give up your life in this world for the sake of others so that they can experience the same And it's not like the first part is necessary and the second part is optional, like dying to yourself. It's not extra credit for bonus heaven points. It is just as much about being a follower of Jesus. Otherwise, we are just a seed. Maybe a saved seed, but ultimately a seed of unused potential. You know, we hate stories about unused potential. When I was in school, I remember us studying a case of a young man, his name is Len Bias. And some of you may not be familiar with Len Bias. Len was a fantastic college basketball player. In his day, he was even being compared to Michael Jordan. Lynn was selected as the second overall pick in the 1986 NBA draft. And he was on the verge of signing a million plus dollar endorsement deal. And two days after the draft, Lynn died of a cardiac arrhythmia brought on by a cocaine overdose. That story is a tragedy. We hear about a story like that and we say, oh, Such a young man who had so much potential and not just for basketball, but for the life that was in front of him. And it feels like it's left with so much left on the table. Many in the church are on the edge of being a tragedy of unused potential. We're seeds right now. We are potential. Will we let God do something with that potential? Now forgive if this is a little bit of the captain obvious question, but why is it maybe we don't? Why is it that so many seeds, uh, so much potential, so much of it ends up going unused? 
And I think that it's the whole you have to die thing. Because, you know, dying to ourselves, it's the path that the fewest people choose because it is just, it is the hardest to walk. But Jesus, he was no con man. He was no, there was no bait and switch with Jesus. If we don't understand that this is ultimately the aim of following Jesus, it's not because he didn't tell us. At the end of Luke chapter nine, we see this series of short conversations between Jesus and potential followers where he very clearly outlines the cost. We're gonna look at verses 57 through 62. And as we look at it, I want us to put ourselves in the shoes of these people. This could have been any one of us at that moment of saying, Jesus, I want to follow you. Take a look at it with me. As they were, going, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. I know some of this sounds a little bit harsh from Jesus. Like, really? Like, the guy can't go back and say goodbye to his mom? Like, I'm not the best about calling my mom, but I usually, yeah, I get to tell her when I'm going someplace. All I can tell you is we're, we're not gonna get hung up on some of the specifics in here. Um, not that they aren't important to each person's story that Jesus was talking to, but we're gonna take a step back. We're gonna look at the bigger picture that Jesus was painting. If we had more time, we would look into these interactions because honestly, they're fascinating. They're fascinating. They could be any one of us at any moment, but we're gonna, we're gonna have to save that for a future conversation. We're gonna look at some of the big takeaways. First one is this. Jesus does not want his potential followers under any illusions that this is gonna be easy. It's not like he tells them all of the good stuff about following him and then he slaps the fine print on them once they're like signed into a two-year contract. This is not direct TV. There's so much good to following Jesus. There is so much good. And that's why I, I just, oh, I plead with you. Go back and listen to the first couple of messages of this series where we're talking about some of those initial phases of getting on the path of following Jesus. There is so much good. But it's gonna cost you something if you want to produce seeds. You're gonna have to make some sacrifices. And these aren't sacrifices to earn it. These aren't sacrifices to make you worthy of it. These are sacrifices to embrace it. These are sacrifices to say, I don't need anything else that the world has to offer because I found everything I need right here. And to go all in for it because it's necessary to decide we're gonna walk away from the things of this world to follow Jesus because of all that he has done for us. 
Second thing I want us to see from these interactions that Jesus has is that while the, while the specific challenges, they may be different to each person. To one person, it's you may have to give up comfort and security. To another, you may have to give up cultural obligations. To another, you're not gonna be able to look around and see the things that you're missing. While each of these is different to each person, the reality of the cost is the same. We see that Jesus approaches each person different. At one point in scripture, there's this young man who comes to him who wants to follow him. And Jesus says, go and sell all of your possessions, everything you have and come follow me. And then there's another moment in scripture where Jesus is talking to a different man and Jesus rejoices over the fact that this man has given up just a portion of what he has. Everybody's story with Jesus is different. But there is a reality to the cost. We need to see that Jesus knows the things that are gonna hold us back from being sold out to following him. It may be our comfort. It may be our security. It may be our relationships. It may be our obligations. It may be our fear of missing out athletically, professionally, culturally. But you can bet that those things are the things that we are going to be challenged to sacrifice if we wanna take a step forward to grow. And that for those who don't, for those who stay in the same place and never take that step forward, those are the things that they were not willing to give up. Third big takeaway I wanna point out at this. We don't see how any of these people respond. And I think that that was really intentional. I think that Luke, the author of this passage, did that very much on purpose because he knew. He knew that that same challenge that was being given to these different people on the road to follow Jesus and to give these things up is the same challenge that would be in front of you and I that we have to make that decision, that we have to take a good hard look at what Jesus is asking us to surrender so that we can produce more seeds. And we have to make a choice. So I wanna take a second to talk about the rewards because there are rewards for doing this. And I told you that many don't take this path because of the high cost, but we can't stop by just talking about the cost because there are rewards. Dying to yourself reaps the greatest rewards for eternity. And I wish I had a drum roll. Like I wish I had a drum roll to tell you about these rewards because the reward is so good. It is so good. Your reward for dying to yourself is this. More seats. Now wait, our, our reward is others? Our reward is others. If a seed doesn't die to itself, it remains just a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. When you are willing to die to yourself 
for the sake of others. You invest in their lives and you have an eternal impact. You die to yourself and invest in the life of someone else who then meets Jesus and dies to themselves and invests in the life of someone else who meets Jesus and dies to themselves and produces more of the same. And someday, in eternity, somebody's gonna walk up to you who you've never met before and just wrap you in a bear hug and say, I'm here because you invested your life in someone else and inspired them to invest their life in someone else who inspired them to invest their life in me. And that's something we can take with us for eternity. This may not be an overnight transformation. For some of us, we've got steps to take down the path. We've got some growing to do to get ready, but this is our purpose. So what do you need to help you grow? Do you need help connecting with God in your worship, in your personal life every single day, in your worship with your church family? Do you need help connecting with others? For us here at Kingsway, one of the best environments where that happens is through our life groups. Are you serving? One of the best ways to start producing seeds, to start investing in the lives of others is to serve. Clean up someone else's coffee spill. Change somebody else's baby's diaper and do it with a smile on your face. Go from serving in little ways to serving in big ways. Start leading uh, the life group for somebody else's kid or if you really wanna challenge yourself, somebody else's middle schooler. I'm sorry, middle schoolers, I love you. Invite a friend, invite a coworker, not just to come to a church service with you, but to hear what you've heard, to hear what you've experienced about Jesus. Invite them into your life. Tell them what it is that you've been taught about the Bible. Don't just wait for a pastor on a stage to tell them. You can tell them. You don't need a Bible college degree to teach somebody something about the Bible that you have been taught. All you have to do is to listen with ears as you're being taught to tell it to someone else. Invite them to serve with you. Invite them into community with you. This is what it looks like to make a disciple, not of you, but of the one you follow and of the one who died for you and for them. But a seed has to die or else it stays just a seed, just potential. Dying means laying down your time. It means laying down your energy. It means doing less of everything else so that you can do much more of this. 
It may mean giving up comfort. It may mean giving up security. It may mean giving up opportunity. It may mean saying no to things that are culturally expected of you. Sometimes it may mean saying hard goodbyes, which is why Matt walked out here. Not him. Like one I've got to do right now. I love you, Kingsway. And I have had the privilege to pastor here for the last six years. And over the course of the last few months, I feel like God has placed in me a holy discontent. He's been refining in me my passions and my giftings and my philosophy and even my weaknesses. And it's really fun to have God point those out. And as much as I have fought him on this particular point, he has been calling me away from Kingsway, this church that I love. Now, uh, this is gonna drive you crazy because it drives me crazy too. He's given me a pretty good idea of how he's called me to, to lead and to teach. He hasn't made clear quite where yet. But you know you got church leaders who love you whenever you tell them that and they say, that's all right, we wanna help you find it. Um, they didn't even necessarily want me to say something about it um, until we had a better idea where, but I said, I feel like this Sunday's message is the right time. And so they said, okay, that's all right. I'm still around for a little bit for the next couple of months. If you wanna talk to me about what God's been doing in my life or where I think he's leading or what this means for the ministries that I've been a part of, I'd love to talk to you, just ask. Shoot me an email, give me a call, find me on a Sunday morning. I'm a seed. I'm a seed that's trying to die to produce more seeds. I believe in God's power that he's used me to do some of that here and I'm just trying to follow his leading to see where I can go do that the best next. Man, I am, I'm rooting for Kingsway Christian Church to do the same. And I don't want this announcement to be like the star of this message. This isn't what I want you walking away remembering here. This is just me trying to practice what I preach. I'm saying that I'm gonna try and be willing to give up friends and comfort and security and whatever else Jesus might ask for the sake of the gospel. Family, will you pray with me? God, we love you and we love your word. And we thank you for the way that you have called us and challenged us. And Lord, blessed us so abundantly with opportunity to see lives changed for you. You have made a huge change in so many of our lives. Lord, you're calling us to help others see that change so that they can experience it too. God, there's so much potential in your church. But we have to do something difficult. We have to be willing to die. God, may we surrender our lives to you so that we can have an eternal impact and see more lives changed by the gospel of you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you for dying on that cross for us. And it's in your name that we pray, amen.